This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats. For you guys, a chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to officially enter. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 after you've subscribed. Top Tribe, coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Derek Capo, who went from a $10 million hedge fund to a $2.4 million travel company to a fintech startup. Top Tribe, good morning. Good morning. I've got my coffee this morning. And our guest today is someone you're really going to enjoy. His name is Chris Gillibo, and he travels the world and writes for a small army of remarkable people at his website, chrisgillibo.com. His new book, Born for This, will help you find the work you were meant to do. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? Hey, Nathan, I'm ready. I got my coffee, too. <laughs> Let's do this. Cheers. First things first, how the heck do you make money? What do you sell before the book? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, I am an author. Uh, I do sell books. That's kind of my, my product. Um, I mean, I sell some other stuff too, but I don't actually write books as like a marketing strategy. I mean, I, I enjoy writing books and sharing those with the world. Um, and then I also kind of sell ideas. You know, I, I'm in the business of helping people live unconventional, remarkable lives, and I want to help them improve their life, their work, uh, their ability to travel around the world like I've been able to do. Uh, mostly, I want to just kind of help people get a kickstart in life, uh, however that works out for them. Very cool. So, I mean, let's tell us more about your story, right? When I go to your website, um, I mean, your story in terms of what you've done in, in terms of life and work and travel is just all over the place. How old are you currently first, just so we can get a, a sense? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm 37. Uh, I've always worked for myself. Uh, I, my definition of entrepreneur is, is someone who will work 24 hours a day for themselves to avoid working one hour a day for someone else. Uh, and <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've done, you know, for, for 20 years, just about. So the, the, the $100 startup was, I think, I believe that was your first book, right? Yeah, uh, second book. Yeah. Okay, second book. Sold over three hundred thousand copies. Was hugely successful. Tell us some of the things that you learned while you were creating, basically generating the content for the book that you didn't maybe put in the book. Yeah, no, great question. Um, I mean, that whole book was an organic process of just meeting actual people who are out there, um, not necessarily well funded, not necessarily coming from a business school background, uh, but had been able to start these successful, you know, companies or even just you know small businesses without a lot of money. Um, I guess what I, what I just continue to be surprised about is the, the scale of it, of how many people are out there doing it. They don't get a lot of attention. Usually they're not in Silicon Valley. Uh, they're just out there kind of making a great living for themselves. Uh, they're all motivated by freedom and independence. Uh, I, you know, I, I never want to say it's easy. It's not easy to do something like this. But if you, if you do invest the time, it's totally worth it. So I guess I continue to be uh, affirmed. Uh, you know, in the value proposition of starting something either on the side or, or full time, even if you have a regular job. 
So let's let's talk about that book launch for a second. I mean, you visited every country in the world between 2002 and 2013. And I, I believe a lot of those stories are really about startups and entrepreneurs you met around the world. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. That's totally right. right. So the yeah. content is amazing. You did you put in years of work to get content that nobody else has to do. But you also did something really, really right in terms of selling the heck out of this thing. Walk us through some of those strategies for people listening right now thinking about writing their own books and launching them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the number one thing you can do is, I mean, and I don't want to, you know, understate this is to create a solid product. And I mean, I spend a year kind of like, you know, living in a cave and, you know, doing this research and multiple, multiple drafts working with a great... Literally a cave? Well, it's not literally a cave. I mean, I call it, it's like a studio apartment. Got it. But I I think of it as a cave, you know, like I don't have good lighting, you know, I should should work on that. Anyway, so I mean, that's that's the most important thing is like, am I actually creating something of value? And it doesn't have to be the most unique thing in the world. I mean, I can just have my own spin on it, but I want to make sure it's helpful and valuable. So second thing is, uh, I mean, after I spend a year in the cave, you know, writing, spend another few months in the cave, um, just doing everything I can in the lead up to the launch. I do often hear from authors uh, who write in and say like, hey, you know, I got a book coming out next week. You know, what should I do? And I'm always like, wow, okay, next week, you know, like, Good luck. Um, so, I mean, I, I spent three three months kind of working on my pre-orders. You know, I do this major tour. I'm doing a 30-city tour, and I absolutely love that. I love the process of connecting with my readers. So there's a whole lot of logistics and setup involved with that, but but for me, it's totally worth it. Uh, not just in, in the, you know, the sales context, which is important, of course, but in the connection with readers and in the opportunity that gives me to do something else later in the future. So, so let's really dive deep into one of those strategies. Let's not do the, let's not do the, sure. well, maybe it is the book tour, but which one okay. of those many, you probably had a list of 10 strategies or something yeah. in the Google doc, which one was most impactful for selling the 300,000 copies? Relationships. Okay. Number one, by far relationships, like building legitimate relationships with people. Um, I mean, I'll definitely pitch my friends. I want, but over time I want to be helpful. You know, over time I want to actually do stuff for other people. Uh, I'm not a big fan of like a quid pro quo thing. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this for you. If you do that for me, that kind of feels artificial, but I do believe like over time, if you are genuinely being helpful to people, um, you know, they'll help you in return. So by far relationships. So give me an example of a relationship you didn't, you'd invested in over years and years and years. It's two weeks before pre-orders open. You email this friend. What does the email say? Um, what does the email say? The email, well, so, so, since it is my friend, I was probably like, hey, dude, you know, rather than like, hey, so-and-so. It's like, hey, but, you know, because I'm kind of casual. So it's like, hey, dude, got this thing coming out. You know, if you believe in it, if it's a good fit, can you, can you help me out? Uh, and then they might say, okay, cool. Like, what do you need? And uh, it usually helps to have a really specific ask. And uh, sometimes, you know, if I'm not sure what to ask, I will just say, I, I like, I'll be like, I'll leave it in your hands because you know your audience, you know your community, um, you know, people will respond based on the tone, the voice that you use. Um, so if, if you feel comfortable helping me out, please do so. You know, otherwise, no worries. And, and I do that a lot over and over. As I said, it's a two way process. I try to do it for other people, too. Um, but I try to kind of focus all these efforts around a specific time. Maybe that's another thing, um, as opposed to just like lots of stuff going out all at once. I kind of tend to save stuff for this two to four week period when the book is first out, because that has a, a huge impact on what comes next. If your book does well in those first few weeks, uh, it has a much greater chance of continuing to do well, uh, as opposed to just kind of dying away, like, like what happens with a lot of books, unfortunately. You said when you reach out to a lot of these friends, it's good to have a specific ask. But if you don't know what to ask for, you just say, hey, I'll leave it in your hands because they know their audience better. The ones yeah. that you did ask a specific ask for, what did you ask them to do specifically? Um, well, I, you know, I got some friends who run some great podcasts like this one right now, for example. Yep. Uh, so I might say like, Hey buddy, like, you know, is it cool if I come on the podcast? And, and, and if I come on, I don't want to just pitch the book. Of course. So, like I want to try to do something that's helpful for your audience, but if you can fit me in the schedule, I'd be grateful for that. 
Yep. Okay. Very cool. So that, that's that's helpful to understand. And so the way the way that this works, did you self-publish or did you get a publisher? Uh, no, I, I work with a publisher. I work with Random House. I've also done some self-publishing, but uh, my books are traditionally published. And so in, is there a reason? Tell us, I, I'm sure there's, if you were looking at financials, you might self-publish, but maybe influence, you get a publisher. How do you make the decision between each? Yeah, I mean, great question. We could probably do an entire you know, podcast yeah. all on that. Um, so I'm trying to be, be concise here. I would say there are pros and cons. Um, it's not necessarily the case that it is financially better to self-publish. Um, like I, I do make a good living with my books and have been able to do that, you know, working with a traditional publisher. Maybe one benefit that a lot of people don't think about is a big publisher has relationships with international publishers all over the world. Uh, so I've been fortunate to see my books go out in more than 30 languages so far. Um, there's no way in the world I could manage that process myself. You know, so a you know, major publisher has relationships with sub agents, other publishers, they do the translation, they put those out. Not every one of those has been a huge bestseller, of course. Um, but some of them have. And so it's great that now I have like this really active community in Japan or in Brazil or somewhere else that's actually consuming my content in their native language. I uh, would never be able to replicate that on my own. Got it. Well, hey, look, before we get into Born for this, help me understand. I mean, based off your Instagram feed, your Twitter feed, etc., you have created a life where you have full control and uh -huh. full freedom. But Chris, people always tell me they go, why the heck? Would you want to be an author? They make like no money and they're broke, even if they write great content. How do, would you respond? I mean, I totally disagree, you know, respectfully. <laughs> uh, respectfully. So first of all, it's not something you should do if, if you don't want to, you know, like, but for me, books were always special to me. I grew up reading books and I love online content too. That's great. You know, I've been a big fan of, of Twitter since the beginning, but I guess when I, when I was a kid, I could think of books I read that kind of impacted my life uh, for the better. And I couldn't really think of any tweets that changed my life. You know what I mean? Like reading like, you know, 140 characters, it's awesome. But like, uh, I guess I'm interested in going deeper. And like I said, I have been able to be successful, you know, you know, with it. So I'm not an evangelist that says every listener here should go out and write a book. Um, but I would say, you know, don't just listen to what everybody else is telling you. And so if you hear everybody that says, oh, first of all, you can't make money writing books. That's not true. Second of all, you know, you have to self-publish if you want to make money. Also not true. So just, you know, just be aware that there's usually more than one way. So it's important to be clear on your own goals and then pursue that for yourself. And Chris, are the books really your main revenue stream? Uh, you know, great question. I would say they're probably 50-50. So 50%, you know, the traditionally published books. And then I do have online products, online courses. I have a membership site. Um, so that's why I say it's pros and cons, because there, there certainly, you know, is a greater amount of freedom and independence, and you can act quicker producing your own stuff. So for me, I've tried to capture the best of both worlds. Okay, so in, in the specific book world, let's just say in 2015, obviously you had, what was it? I think three books out at that point. Um, and you've got, the, yeah. this is the fourth, right? $100 Startup, The Art of Nonconformity, and The Happiness of Pursuit out last mm -hmm. year. Uh, across all of those, I assume most revenue is coming from royalties. In 2015, how much did you do just in royalty income? Yeah, great. Uh, so 2015 would be multiple six figures in royalty income. And the, the great thing about that is, uh, again, it's not consistent like book to book. It's not like I'm always like making a lot of money from book to book. But if something does well, like $100 Startup has done very well. It's actually well over 300,000 copies now. You know, that book What's was published. That? In, uh, the total number is kind of hard to predict because it comes from all these different publishers. But I believe I'm between half a million and a million. Chris, congratulations, uh, man. Well, thanks, man. I mean, like I can always do better. You know, that's the goal <laughs> that's is continu continuous improvement. But here's the, here's the point. You know, I published that book in 2012. It continues to sell. You know, like every six months, I'll get a royalty statement. So it's not like anything is truly passive income. Like I believe we're always working for our passive income, you know, but 
I guess, uh, you know, for me, that's pretty good, right? I'm pretty happy with the fact that this, this is out there in the world and continuing to earn a very significant amount of money. And then on the other side, you said 50% of your business is kind of the books, 50% of the membership courses, other stuff. What, what is it, are you doing like speaking and things like that and getting paid for that? Kind of break down the other 50%. Yeah, I, mean, I do some speaking, but I wouldn't say that's a big revenue model. Um, I have a membership site called the Travel Hacking Cartel. I own that with a couple of partners now. Um, I started it myself, but then I needed some help, so I brought some some great folks on. Um, so that's one thing. I do some affiliate stuff, not a ton. Um, and then I also have produced a number of, of guides and ebooks and digital courses over the years under this umbrella called Unconventional Guides. I think I'm actually going to switch that up a little bit in the future, um, but it has been good for the past five years. And you, you obviously do a great job at community building based off your following. In terms of your ability to convert the following on, say, social media and book readers into an actual email list, which is like a direct telephone line, obviously, to your right. community, how successful have you been doing that? What size is your email list or community yeah. at this point? Sure, sure. Well, success is always relative, right? Because like anything in life, there's always somebody, you know, with more money, younger, prettier, sexier, whatever. But uh, I guess the current email address, email list, I have a few different ones, but maybe 100,000, 130,000, depending on how you count them. I mean, so it's like, yes, better than some people, but then you probably talk to folks who are like, I got 3 million people on my email list, you know? So I guess, I'm, I guess I just try to keep my eyes on the prize. It's not so much about, you know, comparing yourself. I think that's always a really difficult thing. Um, I'm trying to do a good job serving the community that I have. Well, I can tell you, Chris, I am much more of a fan of having like a hundred people on your list who you know exactly how you can help them and you can really invest yep. in them. Yep. Uh, I, am, I am much more on the side of stay smaller, uh, but deeper. Totally great. I mean, just a quick point on that. I know a lot of people who are very, very successful with very, very small email lists. Um, and then actually the conversion rate usually goes down the more people who subscribe just because of the nature of the thing and how the momentum works. So who, absolutely correct. Who are a few of those people so I can study them? Uh, you know who you should talk to is Tara Gentili. Tara Gentili is doing great. I don't know what her you know, specific numbers are. What's her business? Uh, uh, her, you know, she has a business called Quiet Power Strategy. So she's a business coach, business strategist. So I'll, have, I'll be happy to connect you with her. Um, and she could probably give you some other names too. But Interesting. I've always been really impressed with her. Very cool. Okay, let's talk, before we get to my favorite part of the show, let's talk again, Born for This. So uh, you must have had an inkling, something hit your brain a while ago that really got you excited about putting this book together. What was it? Yep. Uh, so you mentioned community, like community is kind of what it's all about for me. And I have this, this great community all over the world. Um, kept hearing all these interesting stories of people, uh, maybe like yourself, I don't know, but people who said like, I have a dream job. Like I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I feel very fortunate. Uh, I would go to work even if I didn't get paid, but I do get paid. So that's great. Um, they often, you know, they often talk about winning the career lottery. Like I feel like I've won the career lottery, either if it's a, a job in a company or, or an organization, or if it's something that they've you know created for themselves as an entrepreneur. So I wanted to understand like, what was that process? Um, not just from like an anthropological or a journalistic perspective, but how can how can the reader you know do this how can people find the work they were meant to do like i really do believe there's something that each of us are meant to do so is there a way that we can not just mysteriously like come upon that at some point in our lives um, but what are the active steps we could take um, to get closer to something that we really love to do um, that is sustainable makes a good living and allows us to do something that we're really good at and and so what's the format of the book i mean is it like a fable is it like you telling it from a first person perspective uh, no, I use kind of a case study method. So I kind of uh, look at a lot of different people who have achieved this goal in different ways. So it's not just my story. I tell a little bit about my story, about you know what I wanted to be when I 
grow up and how that changed along the way. But then I look at other people too. And, and that way it's, it's not just one person's example, but it's a lot of different stories that are hopefully relatable. And then I, I extract the lessons, you know, from them. And, and then it's, it's very prescriptive. I try to write in a style that's very much how to, that's actually telling the reader, okay, go and do this, go and do this, you know? And at any point, of course, you could reject the advice and come up with something better for yourself, but this way, at least you have some starting points. So it's not just like, here's an inspiring story. It's more like, here's a story and here's the lesson and here's what you go and do next. Mm, got it. Got it. Okay. Chris, before we get again into my favorite part of the show, I, you know, as I was studying this, one of the things I, I, I was trying to figure out was in, in terms of focus around your goal or I don't know if it's a goal, maybe it's not a goal, but to become a bestseller because then more people get exposed to your message. Mm. But then kind of on your website, and I'm seeing a lot of authors do this, Jay Bayer, I mean, Jay Papazon mm. and Gary Keller, the one thing, they put together kind of like these packages, which are like bonus yeah. packages. They throw in digital oh. products, et cetera. But then those yeah. usually go through like Shopify or Gumroad, which I imagine don't oh. actually count towards Amazon ranking. So how do you, like when you email your list and you say, mm-hmm. go here to buy, do yep. you put them to Amazon to grow your ranking or do you put them through the Gumroad checkout? Yeah, great question. Um, it depends on what stage we're in with the book publication process. So before the book comes out, um, I take all the orders myself. I'm actually using Gumroad, but I've used like one shopping cart or whatever before. Um, take all the orders myself. Once the book is out, then I'm going to send them directly to other retailers. Uh, and the reason I do that is because uh, before the book comes out, I definitely want to to maintain as much control over my pre-orders as possible. Um, if it's just going through Amazon, I don't necessarily know what the numbers are. I mean, you can look and see the rank, but that's kind of a deceptive figure. It really depends on like what else is selling and all kinds of other factors. So uh, before the book comes out, I've got this you know pre-order strategy where I want to make sure I have as many as possible. Then once it's out, it's all about the momentum of uh, pushing it through whatever channel people want to buy from. Got it. Got it. Interesting. And, and it doesn't matter. Like you, there's no value to growing the pre-orders on Amazon in terms of ranking before launch. Uh, no, there is value. I mean, it's just a matter of choice and preference. Um, sure. I guess, I guess if you could, it's kind of thing where if you can really max it out, like if you could get to like top 20 Amazon or something, then that's great. That's fantastic. Um, if you're just going to do like, okay, or good, maybe it's better to have a different strategy. How many pre-orders on Amazon do you have to get? Would you say to get top 20? I know this is a myth, but or kind of a unknown, but what would you guess? Well, it is a myth. It's a, it's a thing that depends on the day and the season and all that. But um, I mean, I can kind of ballpark it. I would say if, if you did a thousand copies in a day, um, you know, you would be in the top 25 on Amazon. So you basically have to get a thousand pre-orders, say, over the first three or four weeks because all those will then hit on day one and Amazon will count them in that what, first week? Uh, no, because Amazon will count them in real time. So it, it doesn't, if you take them over three to four weeks, that will not impact the sales ranking that much. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. This is fascinating to me. This whole publishing world is just going to get, I think, turned on its head. And I like, I mean, you're doing some very innovative things with your packaging. And I imagine it wasn't easy. Maybe it was because you've had success, but convincing your publishers to allow you to do the Gumroad stuff, was that easy? You know, I have a great relationship with them. Like, a, it's a very trusting relationship, and they're good at certain things, and they they recognize that I'm good at other things, and it kind of works kind of works well together. I mean, I mean, the bottom line is we have to have results. Like, you know, if the book came out and it totally flopped, like that would be a problem. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I, we feel pretty confident. We've got some good momentum, and you know, I have a great community. So, so I think it's a, it's a relationship that's been built up over time. Uh, awesome, Chris. Hey, before again we wrap up, if people want to connect with you personally online, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to chrisgillibo.com, which nobody could spell my name. Uh, but type <laughs> in something close to that, you'll find it. You can also go to bornforthisbook.com, where you can get some information on those packages. You could come to my tour uh, all across North America and elsewhere, uh, or just you know look me up on social. I'd love to connect with people. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. 
you just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan... You can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Bornforthis.com. There you guys have it. Okay, Chris, we're about to get my favorite part of the show. We're going to wrap up. Do you know what's next? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Number one, besides your own bestsellers, what is your favorite business book? My favorite business book is uh, Mountains Beyond Mountains by Tracy Kidder. Uh, it's, not a type, it's not a traditional business book, um, but it's about the story of Dr. Paul Farmer who changed the world through healthcare. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, CEO, not so much, um, but I love the dude who's running Humans of New York. I think that's actually changing the world through social. Um, really interesting story because he doesn't even have a website, or maybe he has a website, but nobody cares because he's got six million followers every day that are you know following this story organically. So I think it's changing a whole conversation. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have? Maybe when you're writing books, for example, like Evernote. Uh, yes, I do like Evernote, but if I had to pick one tool, I'm going to pick OmniFocus, uh, which is where I track my projects and tasks. And I kind of work through that throughout the day. Okay, Chris, real quick, before I ask you question number four, what's your situation? Are you married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, I am married, got a cat, no kids. A <laughs> cat, no kids. Okay, so here's the question. You're going on a book tour. You're about to launch. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Man, I'm really not. And, and I think eight hours of sleep is great. Like, I think it's good and important, but I'm actually struggling with my, my sleep right now. So I'm trying to fix that. And do you, what do you do? Just push yourself really hard for a few months then just catch up over the next few months? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the greatest strategy. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but uh, it's, it's a work in progress. We'll check, check back in a few months. Top tribe, go buy the freaking book. This guy needs <laughs> coffee. He needs lots of coffee. <laughs> All right, Chris, last question. How old yeah. are you? Uh, 37, man. Take us back 17 glorious years. What do you wish the 20 year old self, uh, Chris knew? (laughs) Wonderful question. Uh, I don't think the 20 year old self, Chris needed to have everything figured out, but I think, uh, it would have been good to have known, uh, you know, not to be so afraid because I was afraid of some stuff and like I had this vision and wanted to do some stuff, but just couldn't really take the next step. So I would have been like, Hey dude, uh, because I say dude to everyone, as we mentioned, uh, (laughs) like it's totally cool. It's going to be okay. You're going to do something and who knows what's going to happen, but you're going to be all right. Top tribe. There you have it. Chris Gillibo is a New York Times bestselling author all over the place. Got a new book coming out born for this. Check it out. Chris, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Awesome. Thanks, Nathan. You bet. If you guys enjoyed Chris today, you will love Ezra Firestone from yesterday. He breaks down how a male marketer does $1.5 million per month in women's cosmetics. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. 
How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.